Welcome to another episode of Emerald Echo, a Green Lantern podcast. As always, I'm your host, Adam. And with me is my co-host, the Emerald Enthusiast himself, Donnie. Donnie, how's it going? Hey, what's up, Green Lantern fans? It's the man whose ring runs on fanboy energy, the podcasting machine, the big nerd in green. It's the Emerald Enthusiast, here to talk about one of my top ten favorite characters in all of DC Comics. He's the Radu of this podcast uh, network, uh, folks. Uh, because the Alfred never brings us coffee, never brings us muffins, never brings I, us cupcakes. I got cupcakes. a rat. I got a Radu's bug right there. I could hook you up if you were sitting right here. So, so. when we need coffee, we go to the network's very own uh, Radu Donnie himself. So, Donnie, uh, we're back to uh, more Green Lantern talk, which is always good. Uh, the last little bit has been all about Jeffrey Thorne's uh, current run. Uh, but today we're going a little bit back in time uh, uh, for a specific purpose. So tell everybody what we're talking about today. Today we are going to talk about three issues that involved Jade, a.k.a. Jenny Lynn Hayden. Because she has been featured on Stargirl, we thought it would be nice to form a podcast that would kind of focus on some of her history in the comics. So right. this episode will focus all on Jade. Yes. And we don't know when she's going to appear again on the show, on Stargirl, but when she does, you'll have some some background information. By the way, if you want her first appearance, All-Star Squadron number 25. Now, we're, not talking, we're not talking about this today because it actually doesn't have a lot of her in it. We're going to talk about issues that have a lot that focus on Jade. Now, did you so. get that when it first came out, Donnie, or did you, was that a back issue that you had to go... Oh, I, I don't think I paid very much for it, but I mean, I was 10 years old when it came out, so, yeah. Which means, what year did that come out? It came out in 83, so, yeah, it was like, it was years later before I realized, <laughs> it. yeah, I didn't even know Jade at first was connected to Alan Scott, so. Top tier thing, the, the, the moral of today's podcast is, it sounds like a He-Man episode, <laughs> Top tier uh, content came out in 1983. Chief among them, me. Anyway, uh, until uh, next time. Yeah, see, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. End the podcast. We're done. No. Uh, all right. So, um, it's all about Jade uh, today. Uh, it's uh, it's a Jade Jamboree here at the, uh, the Emerald Echo podcast. I like it. Uh, um, but uh, so, which issues are we going to talk about? And let's get uh, let's. Uh, Let's start in order of release. Okay, we're going to talk about Infinity Inc., Infinity Incorporated, number four, right. because All-Star Squadron led into this. Uh, Infinity Inc., volume number one, that is, ran from March 1984 to June 1988. And this is issue number four, cover date July 1984, a story called Origins and Outcasts. So after being turned down for membership by the JSA, we see a group of young heroes, Silver Scarab, Jade, Fury, Northwind, Nuclon, Obsidian, Power Girl, Huntress, and Brainwave Jr. go off and form their own team yeah. under the leadership of Sylvester Pemberton, the original Star Spangled Kid. So it's a lot of characters to absorb. If you like big stories, this story is for you. Uh, a couple of things when I 
when you when you gave me the list of which books to read um, that I thought about. First thing was the title, Infinity Inc. Mm-hmm. So you know, this would have been a game. Imagine like Survivor Series, Infinity Inc. versus Money Inc. <laughs> I would have paid to see that pay per view. <laughs> um, but I, I, I just like the idea. You know, this, this. First of all, heroes that were rejected membership into the, into the JSA. Um, that's number one, and most of them are legacy characters. You know, yeah. tied to, tied mm-hmm. to some of the bigger name heroes. Uh, obviously, Jade and Obsidian are, are tied to Green Lantern and Alan Scott, but Huntress is my personal favorite version of the Huntress. Helena Wayne, aka the daughter of Batman and Catwoman, mm-hmm. and as even though I love that version of Huntress, I will still not say. The whole Batcat Forever line. <laughs> I, re- I refuse on principle. So if you're here for that, you ain't going to get it. You'll get a variation on it. You ain't going to get that. But continue. <laughs> so you have to remember at this point, and back in the 80s, you know, people weren't sharing, you know, comics and, and, and you know, getting on message boards in the 80s. It had been decades. There weren't since, any message boards in the 80s. Yeah, exactly. It, you know, people, the JSA was now like four decades in the past. So this is a way to kind of put focus back on the JSA and update them, right. refresh them. Revive the concept without being a retread, yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So issue four opens up after a battle with Solomon Grundy, who, by the way, Green Lantern villain originally, introduced in All-American Comics number 61. They are transporting Grundy to Fethera. By Thera, it's hard to say. And this is the home of Northwind, by Thera. Okay? And on the way there, Jade decides Northwind to Northwind could also be, by the way, just... Uh, Go ahead. Northwind could also be described as a way to say that a Canadian passed gas, but I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I digress. Anyway, continue. Oh, boy. <laughs> My mind was in a similar place, but I digress. Anyway. Oh, I said, I'm Canadian. I can say that. Right. <laughs> it's, not, it's not insulting if I say it. <laughs> so she decides to tell Northwind about her pre-hero life. Yeah. And we learn that Jenny is a recent high school grad from Franklin, Milwaukee. Normal kid living a life with her loving parents, adoptive parents. So she has a green birthmark on her left hand. So she's getting ready for junior college one day when suddenly her arm begins to turn green. And then she turns green. That's a little disconcerting, I'd I would think. Yeah, I'd <laughs> so her parents, Julian and Myrna, we learned they adopted her. And she also has a twin brother. But her parents were young. They weren't in a financially stable place. So they could not... Adopt both of them. At least it took one. I mean, you get to look at the positive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she goes to her college. She's going to junior college. She goes to her college to pick up some notes, and she accidentally phases through a locked door. Again, lots of firsts for Jenny here. Then she realizes that if she uses her willpower, she has a variety of powers, including flight. So she takes flight and ends up on top of a building. 
That's fun. I, you know, I really like the opening of this. It, uh, just so much fun here because, you know, she was this kind of normal girl other than this birthmark. And then all of a sudden, yeah. we're, this starts to, like, you know, materialize and, and, and manifest. And she realizes, hey, I have all these powers. I, lo- I love that through, um, through, like, this conversation she's having in present day, we're getting an origin issue at the same time. Exactly. Well, and that's why I chose this. I was like, you know, this it, this shows Jenny's original backstory. Now, there are tweaks that happen with, you know, most comic book characters. There are, there are reimaginings and updates to yeah. these characters, but this there, is there have been where she started. Like changes to origins galore. The only two that have stayed relatively constant, and I said relatively, are Batman and Superman. Well, like, yeah, I mean, if we're talking DC, yeah. The, I mean, constant, yeah. the constant is the, the, the Waynes die in the alley and Krypton explodes. <laughs> you know, right. those things don't change. Well, the Flash is all, Barry Allen's origin yeah, is also yeah, pretty yeah. close too, but right, anyway. Yeah, yeah. So Jade sends out this like mental homing beacon that leads her to an apartment where she gets into a fight with a living shadow, which turns out to be Todd Rice, her brother. And Jenny tells Todd that she thinks they're the offspring of the original Green Lantern, Alan Scott. She suspects at this point. Yeah. We don't know exactly. You don't get the answer in this issue. You don't get confirmation. Okay. So is there an issue where we do like, like what issue do I believe that? it was I believe it was the an, it was annual number one for Infinity Inc. Okay. Now in that quite in that issue. Do we have an uh, appearance by Maury Povich with test results? Because <laughs> I I think we were. Uh, what year did Maury Povich start? Anyway, no, there's not. There should be. There should have been. <laughs> That's you know, he should have been on Stargirl. He's alive now. He's around. He should have been on Stargirl. I'm very upset. Okay. He should have been on Stargirl with the paper saying I have the results, and you are whatever. <laughs> you are the father, Alan Scott. <laughs> so I want to point out here. Um, if you've only watched Stargirl and you, that's your only um, exposure to Jenny, in this, she has what is called the power pulse. She doesn't wear a ring, but she has, through her father, and eventually you learn through her mother, too, she has additional powers, but she has what's called the power pulse. She has abilities similar to a Green Lantern, including forming constructs. Yeah. And you actually see her at one point. She's training with Todd and like forms a giant hand and kind of crushes him. And yeah. he's like, whoa, ease up a little bit. So that was cool too. The art was really. Yeah. Jerry really? Ordway. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, yeah. Does it right. get any better? Yeah. So another thing that she's able to do is she actually can see into various places. She has this kind of sight within this kind of construct crystal ball, and she's been kind of keeping tabs on her dad in the JSA. That's a cool part. A little creepy. Yeah. <laughs> but it's cool. And I, I, as I was going through the issue, and I saw that, I mean, see, now if I had that, I could keep tabs on all my multiverse wives. <laughs> I could just check in, make sure, you know. That would be that would be a full time job, but you'd be like Santa Claus and uh, was the Santa Claus three in the Hall of Snow Globes, you know? Yeah, like all- <laughs> check some, yeah. 
That's oh. <laughs> I mean, so, multiverse snow globes. Come on. Come on, hey. Santa, for Christmas well, next year. I like snow globes. Anyway, so Northwind, Obsidian, and Jade make it to Phythera, the home of these winged bird people. And we meet Dr. Fred Cantrell and Osoro, who are Northwind's parents. Now, and I'm going to go through this fairly quickly since this is a Jade-centric episode. Yeah. Through a history crystal, we see that the first time humanity came in contact with Phythera, it's a Hawkman story. It's a flashback from Flash Comics number 71 in 1946 by Gardner F. Fox and Joe Kubert. And it's a story about some big game hunters who actually want to hunt the bird race for sport. They're stopped by the intervention of Hawkman, Carter Hall, and his friend, uh, an anthropologist named Fred Cantrell, eventually goes to Phythera with Carter Hall, where he meets Osoro, and they then begat, begat, why in the world did I say that? <laughs> she begats Norda, who is Northwind. She has a baby, that's, that's Norda. Oh, so they have uh, you know, a relationship, and uh, one thing led to another, and, uh, he, and <laughs> boom, there he is. Right. So he's again Northwind. He's part human and part bird person. So he's not actually, and he says in the issue he's not related to Hawkman, but he feels like Hawkman is like another a secondary father kind of thing to it. Yeah, it's it's kind of like you know a close uncle, a close friend who becomes you know you know the uncle. So so news reaches Phythera that several JSA members were killed. So Northwind returns with Jade and Obsidian to investigate. And interestingly enough here, Jade is able to, like, track Alan down. She uses her power to connect with <coughs> Alan's ring. Yeah. And I like that you actually see, like, a version of the ring materialize in front of her, and she has this kind of mental link with it. It was kind of similar to how she connected with the ring when she first found it in Stargirl. Like, she was drawn to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So she arrives... Um, to where the slain JSA members are. And sure. we saw in the previous um, in the previous issue, or was it in All-Star Squadron? I can't remember. Anyway, there were um, JSA members. Actually, I think it was the, the previous issue. But there are JSA members who have been, they think, supposedly drowned. And there are several JSA <coughs> members kind of laid out on gurneys there, including Alan Scott. And this leaves Jenny and Todd to wonder whether Alan is really their father or not. So, again, we do eventually get confirmation, but that was kind of Jenny's original backstory, is that she was a girl born not knowing her biological father and mother, and she was adopted. And eventually, as a recent high school grad, her powers manifest through the birthmark on her left hand. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really kind of heartbreaking in the sense that they find their father, mm-hmm. but he's seemingly dead when they find him. So they find him, like the issue says, they finally found them, but they lost them all over again. Right. But it turns out he's only mostly dead. There's a difference between right. mostly yeah. dead in, and in all comics, dead. In comics, yeah, there's a big difference. <laughs> Mostly dead is the convenience when you want to bring somebody back to life. <laughs> uh, Meanwhile, in the Marvel Universe, 
Uncle Ben is like, uh, hello. hello. <laughs> exactly. I, I've been there for how long? <laughs> hello, 60 you still, years. You still haven't brought me back? <laughs> exactly. And I'm totally forgotten in the MCU. Never mind never mind not brought back. I'm not I'm totally forgotten. So what what would you rate this issue, sir? I'm gonna give it a four and a half. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. The art was fantastic. Um, because the issue had to serve, you know, other things with, you know, uh, the Hawkman kind of interlude in the middle. Um, they kind of, they, like I could have seen this Jade origin issue. This could have been a, a thing spread out over three to six issues. Okay. With some more detail. So that's the only reason why I give it a little bit of a, a slight uh, decrease in point, but in half a point, but four and a half. I, I'm going to give it a five. I just, I always like going back to the story. Yeah. And, you know, hearing, I, I love the art of that time period and, and hearing Jenny's. Yeah. Yeah. So now we jump forward in time to Green Lantern volume three, number 86. And if you don't know, this is a time period when there is no more Green Lantern Corps. There is only Kyle Rayner carrying the last ring of the Green Lanterns. And this is a time period that we're covering in between our, 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 our look at the current Green Lantern. And you can find that not only here on YouTube, but also iTunes and Podbean. Remember, the Emerald Echo podcast, the Emerald Echo vidcast. Indeed. Great plug, as usual, Donnie. You find the right time to just get it in there. All right. So while picking up some takeout food in Chinatown, Kyle Rayner foils a group of gang members who are kidnapping a young woman. And he makes a couple of constructs, including uh, nunchucks and yeah. eventually, eventually a dragon. And he saves this woman. And she says, uh, how can I repay you? And he's like, oh, don't worry about it. But then he flies off with this goofy grin on his face. And <laughs> thinks, I could have thought of something if I weren't involved with Donna, a.k.a. Donna Troy. So, You know, Donnie, I, I realized something. I realized why I gravitate towards, towards Kyle Rayner. We have a lot of similar thoughts, he and I. I'll tell you that, Ray. Kyle Rayner is definitely, you know, your typical, like, 20-year-old when it comes to the ladies. He just... Uh, <laughs> He would have, he, I bet you he, he would have a multiverse wives list. Like, Probably. So when he was flying along with that goofy grin on his face, <laughs> I was just like, simmer down now, simmer down I, now. I was, I was fist bumping the screen. The, the, I was fist, fist bumping the screen because I read it on Comixology. Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> well, speaking of, after he stops in at Radu's to speak with Allison, the uh, model who lives in his... My building. I wish, somebody, um, I wish I lived in an apartment with a woman that looked like that. Well, and remember, he got in trouble because he had yeah. her posing in his apartment and Donna caught them. You're going to see a lot of bad relationship moves. You see a Donna. lot of Donna catching him. Some... <laughs> and Poor Kyle. I was in trouble. Radu points out that he thinks Allison really likes Kyle. So, so Kyle goes into his apartment. Here's his shower running. And he goes to investigate. He thinks it's Donna. It is not Donna. It turns out to be Jade. And that's why we chose this issue, because uh, 
this is her kind of coming back to there was a period of time where she wasn't published a lot. This is her coming back to a major title at the time and becoming relevant again. I think what's funny is that for me, you know, whenever when you're Kyle Rayner and you leave your house, you never know what you're going to find when you get home. I mean, <laughs> like we started off with him finding his dead girlfriend yeah. in the fridge. And now he comes home to find a naked green girl in the shower. Now, of the two, if you're weighing the options, give me the naked girl uh, for 100 in my shower, Alex. Uh, you know, um, <laughs> uh, and then the best part is, like, so she kicks him out. Uh, mm -hmm. I think she used the hand again. The yeah, she she does. She forms a construct and pushes yeah. him out. So. Yeah. Um, so that was funny. Um, I, and it was kind of like. Was, was that her just now? So, no, anyway. no, that was, that was, that was, <laughs> I was being told that. Uh, uh, yeah, no, it's not her. Yeah, unfortunately, it's not her. It's not. Uh, no, no, no. I, I don't find any. any uh, um I drag the women out of nowhere in my in my shower. It doesn't happen to me. Uh, but anyway, um, the when I saw the hand, I thought, oh, that that could be a callback to the issue I had just read, um, mm. Infinity Inc. Number Four. Uh, but when she sort of you know hastily uh, puts the robe on or whatever whatever it was that she had on, she's explaining the situation to Kyle, and he's his eyes are. Uh, diverted to a, a specific area. Um, she's like, up she's here. Like, <laughs> yeah, she said, my, my eyes are up here, Kyle. And it's like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't help but think of And then she explains that she was in a, a swimsuit or a bikini issue yeah. of a magazine. Well, and I want to point out, her father gave her this address because she needed a place to stay while right. she was in town. Yeah. And so trusting like, Kyle. Ah, again, Kyle won't mind. No, <laughs> Kyle won't mind. Again, at this point, Kyle and Alan have already known one another for a while. Kyle actually does know Jade. He just didn't know her seeing her, you know, in his well, I never shower. Saw her naked, so, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So so then Jade goes back to finish her and she, you know, she calls herself in this issue, by the way. It's it's um nice to note here, Jenny Hayden Scott. So she, you know, she already knows her dad in this continuity here. So Kyle is moving a bag of clothing while Jade goes to finish her shower. And he accidentally knocks the clothing out on the floor. This is Jade's clothing. And he picks up a pair of her underwear and lingers on it just a little bit too long. <laughs> oh, man. This is like this is a hilarious. I love this guy. Hilarious He's issue, great. yeah. So her brother, <laughs> we just talked about Todd Rice. Obsidian walks in and sees Kyle looking at his sister's panties, and Todd, who's always been kind of a hothead, he goes absolutely nuclear, and they <laughs> they start to fight right in the middle of his apartment, and uh, it's it's absolutely hilarious. I love the the big like construct light he forms and he's like how about a little light shadow boy <laughs> so of course jade comes out and breaks up the fight and kyle eventually tells jade that she can stay with him for a while and as he's doing this she hugs him and guess who arrives his girlfriend donna 
<laughs> and of course she don't look, she... <laughs> look at all. Don't look at all. It's good. So of course Donna wants an explanation. And the issue closes as we get an outside view of the apartment building, and Donna screams, She's staying where? <laughs> I told you this issue was funny. <laughs> oh, I couldn't stop laughing. Oh. This is this is so great. Uh, I just remember this issue reminded me, man. Now I know why Kyle resonates with me on so many levels. This was, <laughs> it was, this was just so much fun. And, and by the by the way, eventually Kyle and Donna do go their separate ways, and Kyle ends up with Jade for a very long time. I, I'm surprised Kyle and Donna lasted at all. Right. <laughs> well, well, of course, you know there there is an issue way down the line where um, he, Kyle is with Jade for a while, and Donna comes back into town. Of course, Kyle ends up kissing Donna, of course, because he's not a great boyfriend in many ways. <laughs> you know, that is it's it's hilarious. Yeah. Just I've often said to myself, you know that you know I understand how I, I was always envious of Peter Parker. People are like, oh, I can relate to Peter Parker. I'm like, really? How can you relate to a guy that Mary Jane is a model actress, somehow ends up with her for a, a bit? Mm-hmm. He had, before that, he had Gwen Stacy, who, who was, you know, just because, by the way, Emma Stone, top tier casting on the list. I'm, I'm uh, hashtag Team Guider, by the way. Um, Gwyneth, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gwen and, Gwen and Peter, come on. Okay, I never heard that. Either. Listen, if Bat Cat is a thing and Wonder Bat, I can say hashtag Team Gwyneth, and that's what I'm gonna say. Anyway, <laughs> it's not my uh, fault. These stupid combined names are, are ridiculous. Like, come on, yeah, have you heard the? Have you won? Have you heard the one for Dick Grayson and? Uh, and uh, and um, Starfire. Yeah. Uh, do it's, I want to know? <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you whether you want to or not. Okay, okay. Dickery. <laughs> Gosh. Weeder yeah, is much better than that. Dickery. Oh boy. Weeder is much better than that. Anyway, hashtag Team Weeder. But I was always jealous because it's like <laughs> you guys. <laughs> we had he had Gwen Stacy. You know, uh, Mary Jane, he had a little flirtation with uh, Felicia Hardy, the black hat. I'm like, mm-hmm. how is that relatable? I've never had three girls that look like those three. <laughs> and then, then you have Kyle, who's had... Uh, uh, there was Allison and, uh, and Alexandra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Donna group. Troy. Yeah. And Jade. I mean... And there was, also, there was also an alien on a planet early on that, like... Instantly fell in love with them. Oh yeah, when they had that thing. That, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I remember that issue. Yeah, yeah. Right. I think I commented. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, come on. Yeah. You're trying to give me these relatable characters, and you give them all these relatable issues, but then you give them girlfriends that are like, ninety-five percent of the people reading these books have never had girlfriends like that. Come on. Well, I should say. Remember when we talked to Daryl Banks? Uh, he and Ron Mars drew on Peter Parker's journey. Yeah. A little bit because, again, Kyle is someone, you know, he's in his 20s, 
there's no one really around to train him as if he would have been in the actual Green Lantern has, Corps. Has there ever so. been, Donnie, has there ever been a team-up with Spider-Man and, and, and Kyle Rayner, Green Lantern, where they just sit around red dudes and talk about their past girlfriends? I would, I would love a team-up between read Kyle that, and Peter. I'd read that book, by the yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. There was, you know, he has been in some Marvel DC stuff, but uh, the but issue that n- not with Spider Man that I remember, yeah. Okay, they should, yeah. they should, they should. Yeah. Silver Surfer, of course, but that's yeah, of much, course, yeah, but much but different I, dynamic, yeah. yeah. But I would love to see Kyle and Peter have an adventure. Together. Oh yeah, yeah. So what uh, would you give that issue? Oh, just on humor alone, it's a five, and then the art is, I mean, the art is just yeah. beautiful. It wasn't Daryl Banks. No. It was still beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah, if I, I that issue was just <laughs> so perfect in so many ways. That I would was give the it, best yeah. that was the best sitcom I never got to watch. <laughs> exactly. It reminded me of a of a of a well executed yeah. yeah, TV sitcom. Yeah, yeah it's exactly. Like company, so, yeah. yeah. And I think that was on the cover page, Three's Company, right? I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, the, the the name of the story was Rumi. So Yeah. Yeah. Interesting roomie. So, yeah, and the reason we picked that is because, again, this is how a lot of people know Jade from the comics as being Kyle Rayner's girlfriend. So, yeah. yeah. Now, we come to uh, an issue called Heart of Darkness, Green Lantern slash Sentinel, which is Alan Scott, Heart of Darkness number three. And I'm going to give you a little bit of a background here on issues one and two before we go to issue three. So this is a three-issue Green Lantern storyline. It begins with Kyle discovering that Jade is missing. And she and Alan go looking for Jade. And the two of them suspect Brainwave. Now, Obsidian shows up, and he tries to kill Brainwave. He's being very aggressive. Even for Obsidian, he's being aggressive. He's got, like, anger issues similar to the Hulk. Yes. But in this case, you see that... He is like being very, not only being aggressive, but Kyle and Alan really wonder if something's wrong because he's they really can't ra- uh, reason with him at all. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, now, in issue three, we see that the Star Heart, which is the piece of chaos magic that powers Alan Scott's lantern, has basically become a sentient living being at this point. Yeah. And he explains that Jade and Obsidian are actually his children, not Alan Scott's. He said, you know, Alan is the biological component here, but the powers came from me. Okay? Okay. And he explains to Jade and Obsidian that he wants them to embrace their heritage as his children. Right, yeah. to become the Starheart, the Chaos yeah. Magic. Yeah. yeah. So in this issue, Scott, uh, Alan Scott has teleported to this like cosmic realm, yeah. and he has a portion of the Starheart power within him, and the Starheart wants that power back from Alan Scott. Okay. So issue number two ends with Alan giving up that power, and he's turned back into a powerless old man. So he was doing the old man Steve thing before Steve did the old yeah, before, man. There you go. Yeah, good point. So, issue number three, Kyle battles the Starheart again. The Starheart 
is just like this kind of gigantic glowing green man at this point being made of pure energy the chaos magic that at one point the guardians collected and locked away yeah or they tried to lock away so kyle confronts the star heart he he literally can't do very much despite the green lantern ring he's overpowered right and so the star heart grabs kyle he's about to crush him when jade agrees to do whatever the star heart wants she wants to save Kyle. She wants to save her dad. Yeah, it makes sense. And so the Starheart gives her a fraction of his power. Right. And at this point, this is when you see Jade. Um, she becomes kind of a like uh, uh, overpowered kind of cosmic being right. in this outfit, which you know it's a little over the top, but she's only in it for a little while. Um, and instead of kind of you know going along with what he wanted, she attacks the Starheart. Yeah. And after a brief battle, it's pretty clear, though, that she doesn't have enough power to match the Starheart. So she then does the thing that she thinks he wants to do. She fully embraces her heritage as a child of the Starheart. And when she does, there's kind of this explosion of energy that yeah. uh, even Kyle says, I can hardly tell what's going on here. And I wanted to show you that. Um, if I can get a good shot of it here. Yeah, I can see clear. Yeah. Beautiful art here. Oh, it's fantastic. And what I really love in the end is, like I said, there's this kind of massive explosion of this kind of, you know, green will and magic energy. And Kyle reaches up for it and it's like, Jenny, please come back to me. Jenny, yeah. And Jenny reaches out of this energy and Kyle's able to pull her back. Yeah. And if you can't tell, I get very excited about Green Lantern comics. Yeah, but I, mean, I, I just, I love that with, with, you know, Alan depowered, and and by the way, Obsidian's been uh he was corrupted by the Starheart. Right. That's why he was acting so aggressive. It was up to Jenny to save the day, and she was willing to sacrifice herself for her brother, for Kyle, for her dad. Jenny has always been this selfless character. Yes. And not that she's perfect, because we eventually we do see that uh, her and Kyle's relationship doesn't end well. By the way, but she's somebody that. She's been a part of the Green Lantern legacy, and we see that she is fiercely loyal to the people in her life. Yes. And she's willing to make that sacrifice. Oh, by the way, Donnie, didn't he also, just to go back to, to Kyle's girlfriends for a second, didn't he also date uh, for a time uh, Sinestro's daughter? Uh, Saronic, not to, yes. Yeah. That was long after this, but yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Which she ended up branding him, so that, that didn't go well either, so, uh, in the long run. Um, actually, we learned that in the future, and I don't know if this is still in continuity, that Kyle and Saronic Natu had a, a child, and that was, yeah, that was... Yeah, yeah, that, we, I think yeah. we talked about that issue once. Yes, yes. Uh, once before. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing uh, that I want to mention to you before, uh, that you, you, you mentioned, um, so, the part where you talked about how Kyle was kind of useless is the wrong word. Um, unable to do, you know, to, 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 to match up against the star heart. Right. Yes. Yes. That makes sense because the chaos magic, the chaos energy is an older energy than his ring. So that to me totally tracks. And, and uh, especially the fact that again, Kyle is still, you know, it's one green lantern yeah. against the entire star heart. So. Yeah, and I didn't want to. I didn't want to. I didn't want to let that go because some people, are, you know, who don't know the 
the whole story might get effect. Oh, look, look, they're kind of uh, they're, they're they're making Kyle look less than. That's not the case. I think it totally cracks, yeah. given given the mm-hmm. the age and the, and the type of power that both both possess. Right. So that makes sense. Uh, the other thing that I thought was cool when Jenny totally absorbs uh, the Starheart, and I'm kind of doing it. That and then you know she's kind of like pushing through. It kind of reminded me. Remember that scene in Man of Steel when uh, Superman fights the uh, uh, the World Engine? Oh yeah, like pushing yeah. through the the beam of energy. It kind of I, I got kind of uh, reminiscent of that a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So at the end here, we see that Jenny is able to restore her father's powers and she's able to like exercise the part of the star heart that was controlling obsidian so her father's back to normal as sentinel Uh obsidian's back to normal and kyle is okay too but jenny is now powerless he's a little older right who alan yeah at the end of the at the end Uh, of the issue well yeah but remember he he's a sentinel here yeah so yeah. remember, in volume three is when he was Sentinel. So he always was a little bit older. So yeah, 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 yeah. No, but he's older than before. Oh, I don't remember, but yeah, he's he's restored. I, I mean, as, he, even yeah. says, he even says he says Could I'm be. older. Yeah. I'm older than uh, I'm a little bit older. But yeah. aging in the in the Green Lantern universe is kind of is kind of uh, kind of interesting that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, yeah, I, I love this. I, I love this issue and. You know what? Considering that I was reading a part three of a three-part story, I was able to pick up and not feel totally lost. Yeah. This is not the easiest thing to track down. It's not expensive. But as you and I were talking before we went on the air here, um, it's... It's something that, you know, it's written by Ron Mars, drawn by Paul Pelletier. It's beautiful. Um, it's a little unusual for an author who's, I guess, kind of doing his own thing in the main continuity to kind of break away and do this type of story. But yeah. this is, it really showed, it, it kind of encapsulated the history of Jenny and Todd and Alan and their relationship at the time to Kyle Rayner. So did they not set that up uh like as as part of the uh, um, as part of the main Green Lantern story, like was or was it its own separate kind of thing? Well, eventually it would have ramifications because Jenny, for a while, again at the end of this, she's powerless. She's yeah. still green, right? She, yeah, but so eventually she does get the ring, and she, for a while she actually is while Kyle is off in space she actually is green lantern for a while so it didn't set up it didn't it didn't like the the, the green lantern the main green lantern book didn't set this up to start i don't remember exactly like having this and I'm, maybe i'm misremembering i don't remember like a specific issue going okay. into this yeah okay okay I, I wasn't sure yeah all right so um yeah no but i really liked it and i i found it relatively easy to like just pick up not having any pre-knowledge of the two issues before. Yeah. So kudos so, for that. Yeah. So five of five, if you if you couldn't tell how excited I get when I talk about this, but I always love that because in this issue, 
It's not Alan who saves the day. It's not Kyle. It's not Obsidian. It's Jenny. And that's yeah. why I chose this is because Jenny, when it was time to step up and sacrifice herself, oh, in she a did. Big way. In a big yeah. way. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm a five out of five as well. It was a top-notch story. Uh, the writing was great. The art was fantastic, as you mentioned. Uh, it, these all three issues were just a blast to read, it, to read and revisit in some cases. So uh, this is the when comics are this good, it's it's always fun to look back at, uh, revisit them. Um, so yeah, uh, obviously, like I said, I love that era, and I love Jenny as a character. She might be my favorite female DC character. I oh, mean, there's just, yeah, oh. yeah. Definitely. Uh, and hopefully she gets more spotlight, not only in the comics, uh, but also on Sargro. Uh, yeah. I'd love to see Infinity Inc. return. Uh, oh, yeah, I would love that. So. And also, on that note, can somebody bring back, we've got an Omniverse now, can they bring back the Helena Wayne version of Huntress? Like, no mm -hmm. disrespect to Helena Bertinelli. You know, she's of Italian descent, so I gotta give a thumbs up for that. But, I don't know. I'm a sucker for the for the Batman legacy continuing, and bring back Halloween. Hashtag bring back. Halloween. <laughs> uh, but that's neither here nor there. But I'd like to see Infinity Inc. come back, and I'd love to see. There, more there was a volume two of Infinity Inc. If I remember correctly. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> so and who knows? Maybe maybe Jade will appear in uh, in um, the. Well, Jade has off appeared. Teased. Go ahead. She's the appeared in In Front and Frontier. No, she has, but I'm saying in the off-teased um, Justice Society of America book that they keep sure. telling us is coming, but yet, it's, yeah, where the solicitation. I'm down for a new JSA. Let's let's have it. Let's do it. All right, that brings this episode of Emerald Echo, a Green Lantern podcast, to a close. But. The, the Green Lantern conversation can be ongoing if you want to join us on social media. So, Donnie, where do they find you? You can find me on Twitter as the Emerald Enthusiast. Let's talk comics. Let's talk collectibles. Let's talk Green Lantern. Oh, I do want to say one other thing. We actually talked about Adam and I talking about issue number 109. That actually has a lot to do with Jenny. However, it's a reimagining of some of her past it, it has a lot of sensitive material in it. And we may do a video on that. I may do a video on that. Um, yeah, we can, we'll, we'll definitely talk about it. We'll just, yeah, we'll just, yeah. I mean, there's so much we could still do with Jade. This doesn't have to be a one and done kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So why don't we revisit that when she shows up again on the show? Sure enough. But that's another good issue is, is Green Lantern Volume 3, number 109. Right. So just know that we'll cover it eventually. But if you want to uh, get get, uh, get the jump, uh, you do so there. But yeah, uh, follow me on uh, on Twitter at Adam underscore Lee's fan. Donnie, did you give them your your? Yes, the Emerald Enthusiast on Twitter. Yeah. And, also uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel where I review yes. Green Lantern collectibles. Yes, half of those I'll be stealing. Uh, and then there's also the at MMNPDC the Twitter specifically for the uh, podcast network. Um, we have the Facebook group, which is listed below somewhere in the description. Click it. I will add you and we can continue the conversation there until next time. Remember that 
Jenny Lynn Hayden, a.k.a. Jade, a.k.a. Green Lantern to some, is forever. From the first time she's in search of her father, to the last. So long, everybody. <laughs> so long, everyone.